What's up, Daw Nation? My name is Wyatt Troy, and I want to welcome you to episode 41 of Behind the Daw. This is a very special episode, but we'll get into that in a minute. Behind the Daw is a podcast where I interview music producers, artists, music industry experts, people of that nature on an emotional, philosophical, artistic, and music business basis. It is a companion podcast to our YouTube series, In the Daw, where we invite music producers to dissect their songs in real time. So if you are interested in that, there is a link down in the description. But really quick, there's a couple things in the description that I want to talk about. A couple of links down there. The first one is the Patreon. If you can help support us on Patreon for a dollar a month, we can keep bringing you these interviews forever for free. So please go ahead and check that out. The second link is for artist suggestions. If you want to suggest someone to come on the show, click the link. The third link down in the description is for private lessons. If you want private lessons in electronic music production or in social media marketing, please check that out. The fourth link down there and the final link is to enter to win a 20-minute free social media marketing consultation. I do social media marketing for a living. So if you want a 20 minute free consultation, go ahead, check that out. All right. So what are we doing today? As you noticed in the title of this episode, I didn't include a specific producer or a specific music industry expert. What we're doing is we are going to be doing a 2018 year in review episode. We're going to look at behind the DAW. We're going to talk about the total yearly plays, who the top three listeners were, the things I did right with the podcast, the things I did wrong with the podcast, what episodes did the best and why did they do the best. And finally, we're going to be talking about the plans for 2019. So I'm going to, I'm going to be extremely honest. I'm going to be extremely exposed, so to say, to be able to, to share all these things I did right and did wrong, you know, so that you can see behind the scenes. I'm going to be completely 110% real with you. So please go easy on me guys. But I think it's important for you to see what I did because I did a lot of cool things this year, but I also did a lot of not cool things that that really hurt me and really hurt the podcast ultimately. So um, I'm really excited to get into this. And by the way, this is the first time on the podcast that my music is playing. Yes, my the music that is playing right now, it is mine. So that's pretty cool. But you know what? Let's get into this. And by the way, if this podcast helps you, please like, comment, subscribe, repost, follow, you know, whatever is appropriate on the particular platform that you're listening on. It just helps me know that what I'm doing is moving in the direction that you need me to go. So um, with all that said, Donation, let's get into the 2018 year in review. this without you know messing up at all which is totally gonna happen but i'm actually gonna try not to because i'm not gonna edit any of it this is completely 100 raw which you know if you didn't know already i heavily edit every single episode i try and take out all the ums and the long pauses and the things that you know may embarrass me or the, or my guests so um i'm gonna see how it works just being 100 honest so all right what are we talking about today? So we are going to do the 2018 year in year. I already messed up. 2018 year in review for Behind the Daw. All right. So let's start off with the total yearly plays. As of tonight, which is December 27th, um, the total yearly plays is 61. 61,200 plays. Yeah, six sixty one point two k plays, right? So that what's beautiful about that is that it's six times more than the plays 
of uh 2017 which is fantastic that means that the the podcast is growing we're 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 scaling up i mean uh, you'll notice whenever you have a podcast you'll notice that uh you with your with your producer uh what's called like Spotify's or SoundClouds or whatever, you know, your personal brand, you'll always see growth. You'll always see growth, no matter what. It's just the way that social media is, but it's not growth that we want. It's scaling. We want to be able to scale things. So, uh, you know, me looking between 2017 and 2018, I knew just because I keep doing the podcast, I knew it was going to grow. I just didn't know how much. Is it just going to be like 100 more followers, 1,000 more followers? But to see that we six times the amount of listens that we've had in the last year, I mean, that that's just proven to me that, you know, we're doing something good here. So, uh, the next thing on the list is the top three listeners. Who is the top three listeners? They're probably listening right now. Um, the first one is awakening Phoenix, dude, way to go. Thank you so much. Second one is riot. He was on episode 30 or 31, I believe. I think maybe 29, uh, somewhere in that area. So thank you. Riot. And then the last one is hurting Murphy. Thank you. Hurting Murphy. I hope you're not hurting too bad, but thank you, man. All right, so let's talk about, let's get into the meat of the conversation. What did I do right this year? All right, the first thing, and and I just want you to know that all these things, every single one of them, 100% of the things I'm about to talk about is things that you can take into your own personal brand, your producer brand, your artist brand. You know, I, I the thing that we're the things that we're gonna be talking about does pertain to the podcast, but these are things that you can take into you know, into growing you as an artist. You can, okay, anyways, yeah, I don't need to explain anymore. So let's get into it. So the things that I did right. So the first thing I did right was I reached out to artists that were way above me. This like, so I I remember I was driving to the gym and daddy, you know, Brendan Nielsen, he's been on the podcast multiple times. He's like, you need to get bigger artists on the show. And it's not that I, I necessarily want to, it's just that like it, I can, you know, it's it's going to be good for the podcast. It's going to bring in more viewers and stuff like that. Just because they're bigger doesn't mean they're better, you know, and I'm actually going to be talking about that because I'm going to talk about my personal favorite uh, episode. It was actually with some smaller artists uh, for this year. I'm going to talk about that a little bit later. But, you know, he what what he told me was, hey, man, reach out, you know, reach for the stars, man. Or, what's the saying? Shoot for the moon, land on the stars, or is it shoot for the stars and land on the moon? Anyways, so what... I didn't realize is that there is a ratio of the number of people that you reach out to and the number of people that are going to accept that, right? So why not do it with people way above you, way, 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 way above you and see what happens? You know, even if... Even if it just comes out with you learning stuff from people that you've looked up to forever, that's fantastic. The Another reason why I, I took daddy's advice of doing this is because I remember when I was in high school, my friend's dad told me this. He was talking about selling a car, right? And when he was talking about selling the car, he said, Wyatt, if you go in and you don't feel embarrassed about how much you're asking, about how high you are asking, it's too low. So it should be the exact same thing about when you were reaching out to people, if if you're reaching out to someone and, and you don't get that feeling of this dude is way too big for me, you're not shooting for the stars. Now, I'm not saying don't work with smaller people. I'm not saying don't work with people that are still bigger, just not way bigger. You know, of course, you need the it's it's important to get everyone on the spectrum. But um, for me doing this, so I remember like the the kind of the the what's the term quintessential? Yeah, the quintessential episode that this happened on was with Modestep. 
And actually, I have something else. Uh, anyways, I'll get to that in a second. But it was with Modestep. Like, I just sent them an email. And I knew that they were way bigger than I was. Way, 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 way bigger. They're like dubstep legends, right? And uh, so this actually wasn't for Behind the Daw. This was for In the Daw. But they're huge, right? And so I just remember sending an email. And when I sent that email, I was like, you know, just casually hey, you know, I uh, love your music, love what you do, and I'd be honored to be able to interview you on In The Daw, right? And they got back to me and they said yes. And I was like, what? That's crazy. Another person that this happened with was Andre Benz, so the CEO of Trap Nation, right? The founder of Trap Nation. Again, it was just like, you know what? Why not? He's way bigger than me. He's probably going to say no, but hey, why not? So I just did it and it worked. It freaking worked. Ah, excuse me. It... it I honestly, like, I can't testify enough of shoot for the stars. Don't don't think that you're not ready, you're not big enough. The only way that you're going to find out is if you try. You might not be ready. You might, you might not be big enough. You might not have the skill yet. But the only way that you're going to figure out is to try. So, Dollar Nation, I would, in, I would encourage all of you to reach out to those artists that are way above you. And I know I, I really honed in on this. You know, it took a really time to get, a really long time to get through this point, but it's important, all right? So the next thing I want to talk about follows, um, follows the point that I just said, but that was that I created a follow-up template. So the I would say maybe like 60% of all the people that have ever been on the podcast didn't answer the first email. It was the follow-up emails that got them, right? And so there's something that I learned from Booty Vukt, who is the, I don't know if I said his name right, but it, he's the, um, he's the, who is he? He's the manager of San Holo, Fitch, uh, Ta- Taska Black, I think is how you say his name, Drulu, so on and so forth. But what he said was this, is that you send the initial email, you wait a week, and then you follow up, you wait another week, and you do another follow-up. So there's three emails altogether. And if at the end of that, you do not hear anything, you let it die and you try later, okay? Uh, so you don't do a third follow-up, fourth follow-up, so on and so forth. You do do more uh, follow-ups if they ever reply. So for example, if you sent the first email, didn't answer, and then so you did the follow-up, and they did answer back to the follow-up, but then they're not answering after that, it just restarts, right? So you send the first follow-up, they answer back, and then you send the initial email, you don't hear back from them, you send another follow-up, you wait a week, send another follow-up, so on and so forth, right? So that was one of the biggest things I was like, man, all right, the follow-ups, the power of following up is just so powerful, but I absolutely hate going in and rewriting a follow-up every single time. It was taking, I don't know, hours and hours and hours every single week following up with people. I'm not joking. Like, that's not an exaggeration. Like, most of my time is spent emailing people. And so what I did was, this is really, really cool. Inside of Gmail, there's these things called canned responses. And so they're basically templates, right? They're, They're template emails. And so I went in and I wrote out a template email and each time when I was supposed to follow up it says you know like my one canned email it says follow up one follow up two so on and so forth and so I'll click on that and I'll fill in the blanks of the person that I'm emailing so on and so forth so that changed my life that spent oh my gosh like that saves so much time so that's that's another thing that I want you to think about as you as a producer as you as an artist as you're sending out this kind of music you send it out with the initial email, you wait a week, you follow up, you wait another week, you follow up, right? But create a template. Why? Why? (laughs) I mean, it's always important to do your research and to make it personal, right? So I, I do customize every single email I send out. It's not just pull up a template, insert name. Sometimes it is like that, but most of the time it's not. Um, 
but you know i try and make it personal i try and put that personal touch to it and it, it it's beautiful it, it works very very well but you should do that with like i don't know like like spotify playlists or youtube promotional channels or again uh artists that you're reaching out to bigger artists than you that you're reaching out to that you're trying to collab with so Nonetheless, that's the second point I got for you that I did right this year. The third thing that I did right this year, which was insane, like how much time it took into it, but it paid out so well. But it was the huge rebrand of In the Daw and Behind the Daw. Not necessarily of the content, you know, like the, the episodes are, they, they changed a little bit, they're, but they're relatively the same, right? They're, they're basically the same. But what happened was the packaging. Again, when I was having that same conversation with daddy, when he was telling me to reach out to bigger people, he said, bro, I love your episodes. They have so much content. There's so much good stuff in it, but the packaging is terrible. The cover art is terrible. The, the, uh, what's called the titles are terrible. Like it's just, I have to spend so many brain calories trying to figure out what I'm looking at. And so I was like, you know, I kind of looked at it and I was like, you know what, you are absolutely right. You know, so I, I don't want to change the, like the name, like in the Dawn behind the die, I feel like portrays it perfectly, but yeah, man, like the cover arts, the, 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 the YouTube thumbnails, the, the titles, it just, it was, it's, it's just so muddy looking. It was just too much information in one, one place or too much unnecessary information. I'm not sure what to say. So that's when I did a lot of research. I did a lot of research about other podcasts in my space that were doing the same thing. So for example, I checked out um, Song Exploder and I checked out uh, Pensado's place and I checked out this and I checked out that and so on and so forth. And I got ideas about what they were doing with their cover arts. The one that inspired me the absolute most was Song Exploder. That was the first thing. And I realized that every single episode that he puts out, he puts out a unique cover art with the artist that he does on a white background. Um, and they, they have like a certain like filter over them or, or style over them, if you will. And it just looks clean. It looks good. It looks consistent. He can take that and he can transfer it to any social media that he has, whether it's Facebook or Instagram, YouTube, or Twitter or whatever. And when people see that, once people get to know what that looks like, it's going to transcend. So that's when I started experimenting with uh, Photoshop. I started experimenting to be able to make these different cover arts that I felt like looked really, really well. And it kind of came out with a fusion between the the Song Exploder and with uh, Infinity War, the Avengers Infinity War. So it's it's on the white background like a Song Exploder, but instead of the the kind of art that he has going on, it looks like Thanos just did the snap and they're kind of you know withering away, so to say. And I've gotten a lot of <laughs> I've gotten a lot of people mentioning that that reference, which is great. The reason why I did that was that it is symbolic to me. So whenever I have someone on the podcast, on Behind the Daw or In the Daw, they're shedding their knowledge, right? They're, they're bringing their knowledge to the table. And to me, that's symbolic of them giving themselves up. They're being selfless and giving themselves up, giving the knowledge that they have for the greater good. They're kind of shedding their selves to, for the greater goods, for people to grow and, and, and for the music industry to thrive. You know, and I, I understand that, you know, with, with the Avengers, that that wasn't the case. Um, Thanos just wanted to knock out half the universe, but it still, it, it resonated with me. And so, but once I did that, I, un, I understood that the, the brand consistency at that point was through the roof. You can go to any of our social medias, 
any of them, anywhere from YouTube to Facebook to Twitter to Instagram to wherever, even the emails that we send out, right? And it is consistent. You know instantly who it is, what's going on because of the image. I mean, literally, if you go look at my Instagram, 100% of the pictures on there look exactly like that. There is a white background. There is a name. There is a, it either says in the dot or behind the dot. And it has the person that looks like they just went through the Thanos snap, right? It is, I can't explain what that has done for us. It just looks so clean. It, it, it sticks in people's minds and it's just, it is helped out so much. So applying that to you, think about that for your branding, right? How can you create such a consistent brand that no matter where people go, no matter what, right? Imagine if your brand, your music was multi-international. It wouldn't matter if they went to Italy or if they went to Timbuktu or to Ireland or to Santa Clara, it it wouldn't matter, right? Wherever they went, they would know who you were when they saw your logo, when they saw your cover art, so on and so forth. If you can create that kind of a brand, you've already won because you're already sticking in people's minds and the consistency is there. So let's move on to the next one. The next thing that I really, 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 really slept on for a really, really, really long time was TubeBuddy. So for those who don't know what TubeBuddy is, it is a Chrome extension that connects to your YouTube. But what it does is it unlocks certain parts of YouTube that isn't normally there or is there, but is hidden. I'm not entirely sure how that works out. So what I did was I sat down with Multiplier and said, hey, dude, uh, really love TubeBuddy. I think this could really help out our, you know, us putting out episodes and and the optimization of our episodes. That's probably the best way to say it, right? The optimization of our episodes. And he, and so I showed him what it could do. And he's like, heck yeah, dude, this seems amazing. The reason why is because I, and I went into depth in the Wubix social media marketing consultation, um, which we're going to talk about a little bit here in just a second. But basically, what you can do is whenever you put out an episode on YouTube or whatever you put out a song on YouTube, which I should highly encourage all of you to do whenever you put out anything, whether it's a music video or a song or an interview or whatever, put it on YouTube. The reason why is because YouTube is the second biggest search engine in the entire world. You know what the first one is? Google. You know who owns YouTube? Google. So basically, you're going to show up twice. You're going to show up on the first uh on on the biggest social media, uh, no, sorry, not the biggest social media, the biggest search engine in the entire world and the second one at the same time because they're tied to Google. That's a beautiful thing. I can't even explain anyways, I'm, I'm not going to get into that, but, but, but so let's say you upload something to YouTube, right? TubeBuddy tells you, um, what kind of tags you're supposed to use in your video. Why are tags important? The reason why is because whenever you upload something to YouTube, YouTube has no idea what it is you are uploading. Okay. But the tags tell YouTube what it is. So for example, if you make a dubstep song, you know, you could put the tag dubstep or, or, you know, if you make a Rastafarian techno house song, you put that in there, so on and so forth, right? All of a sudden, uh, YouTube is like, oh yeah, it's a song, it's in this genre, so on and so forth, right? So that way it makes it easier for YouTube to hey say, hey, I want to recommend this to these people because they like that kind of stuff, so on and so forth. The problem with that is, is that the tags that are there, so like if you were to use the tag dubstep, 
two buddies like, yo, dude, that is a terrible tag to use because there's so many people using it. The competition is way high. And even to break into that, you have to have X amount of views to break into it. It gives you all of this information. And so it's like, hey, why don't you use these ones that are much easier to get into? They're much uh, closer to what you are doing, so on and so forth. And it, like, it just makes sense. It makes absolute sense. And it helps get you to them. And so that, that just changed my life. And plus, you can create templates for like your end screens, you know, like end screens, like when it's the last 20 seconds, it's the little things pop up. It's like subscribe here, watch this next video, so on and so forth. So it's just too buddy. I slept on it way too long and it changed everything to be able to reach an entirely new audience. So please go ahead and check that out. Uh, the next thing that I want to talk about is the 0.5 episodes that I did. This is the next right thing that I did this last year, the 0.5 episodes. So when it comes to you sticking out to people, right? When it comes to you sticking out on social media or sticking out in the music industry or whatever, right? It is that you have to be relentless getting in front of them, right? The more you can get in front of them, the better. For example, there is this artist, he's called Unlike Pluto. I, you know, like I've known of him for a while because I, I'm pretty sure he's tied in with like San Holo and Tasca Black and Booty Vooked and all those guys. I'm pretty sure. I think that's the first time I heard of him, but um, I didn't really think much of him. I've never heard of him before. His name didn't really catch me. So I'm like, yeah, I never really listened to him. But recently he keeps showing up. He showed up. I can't remember if he like showed up on my, I guess he would be in my related section of my release radar on Spotify. Cause I don't know if I'm following him anyways. Every single week for like the last six or seven weeks, he keeps showing up on my release radar, release radar over and over and over and over again. He keeps popping up in my mind over and over and over again. He is relentless. He keeps showing up. Another great brand that does this is Marvel. And of course, you know that I am a huge Marvel fan, but they refuse to let people forget about them. Every single week, every single week, there's something going on, whether it's a video game that came out or a TV show that's Marvel related that came out or an announcement about a movie like this. So for example, the Avengers, uh, the, the, the Avengers, for Endgame, one of the the trailers just barely came out, and you know, or this movie just came out, or you know what I mean? It's just like relentless. They refuse to let people forget about them, and so with me creating these point five episodes, and for those who don't know what those are, those are the episodes in the uh, in the podcast that are point five. So like the last one that I did was forty point five, and what it is is I take the audio from. Uh, from in the DAW and I create it into a podcast form. The reason why this is beautiful is some people some people just want to listen to it in a podcast form. Some people don't want to watch it or they, they do want to watch it, but at that certain time, they'd much rather just listen to it because they're driving and they don't just want to leave YouTube open, so on and so forth, whatever, right? So I was like, hey, what if I just take that and that way it helps me keep staying in the mind of people, right? These 0.5 episodes are just going to keep staying in the mind of people. And it has been fantastic. So we've been putting out an episode every single week. We've been switching off um, on and on. So one week in the DAW, one week behind the DAW, so on and so forth. But the podcast has technically been releasing it every week. So it'd be uh, what's called a full episode. So like episode 40 and then the next episode would be episode 40.5. 
41, 41 41.5, so on and so forth. So that has been really, really beneficial because it is incorporating the concept of relentlessly keeping yourself in front of people, not allowing people to forget about you. So that, that was really, really good. So how can you incorporate this technique into yours, um, into your strategy? Me personally, I think that albums are amazing. I think albums, EPs, they're incredible. I think how they are presented is useless, all right, because it completely goes against this uh, tactic. It's basically saying, hey, here's all this stuff right here. Partake of it when you want to, right? It's one big load in front of people, and they're like, oh, hey, hey, thanks. I appreciate that. But what I think would be much, much better is like what Unlike Pluto is doing. One, you know, you have an album, you have an EP, you have a, a body of works, but you release them a little bit at a little bit, once a week, once a month, whatever it is, right? Uh, we talked about this in the Webex episode. It's the Elenium theory, right? Um, so, but but it's just consistently you're you're, you're continually putting things out, um, not allowing people to forget about you. I think that's genius. I think that's that is not. Uh, what's it called that has not been utilized a lot, but I think it needs to be. I really do. I th- I think this could absolutely blow people's minds. So think about that. Think about that for the next year uh, uh, donation. So let's keep moving down the list. We got a couple more before we get to the things that I did wrong, but still on the things I did right. Uh, the the one of the things that I did do right was I started recording the consultations that I did for artists. Right, I do a lot of consultations for artists that have come on the show. Right, so I've done one for uh, Copycat. I've done a ton for AU5. I've done some for Crywolf. Uh, actually, the Crywolf episode never came out, but that's a whole different story, nonetheless. Right, but and then uh, most recently, I've done one for Wovix, done one for Harry Fong. Uh, I didn't Harry Fong, <laughs> Henry Fong. Sorry, Henry, you're the man. But anyways, I've done one for Kara. Um, who else? I've done one for Amity, Trivecta. Have I done one for Trivecta? I'm not sure. Oh, man. I just got a text. Get out of here. Um, I've done one for Diamond Eyes. You know, it's just I've been, been doing them so much. But again, incorporating that, re- like keeping yourself relentlessly in front of people. I'm like, what if I recorded these and just put these out as bonus episodes? Because social media marketing is 100% the way that you are going to get your, I shouldn't say just social media marketing, digital marketing, internet marketing is 100% the way that you are going to get your music in front of people, right? Unless you travel around 100% of the time and you're just extremely extroverted, introducing yourself to all these people and trying to get your, uh, get your, uh, your, your name, your face, your music in front of people in person 100% of the time, you're not going to be able to make it. That's where the internet comes in. That's where digital marketing comes in. That you can go and you can put your music in front of people, uh, thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people at a time and get them you know, to like your music. That is the beauty of social media marketing. And that is the beauty of internet marketing. So the consultations, these are things, these are things that producers, artists really, really love. And I'm like, why am I not recording this? Come on, I can knock out two birds with one stone. And I did. And so that I'm really, really excited about. I can't believe I waited till December of this year to start doing that. But that was one really, really good thing that I did. The um, the next good thing that I did was the Patreon. I can't tell you how grateful I am for my patrons and how grateful I am to know that I am continually growing um, my income to be able to do this full time, to bring you way more interviews, to be able to bring you, you know, just way more content, exclusive content to the patrons. So that has been just unbelievable. I can't believe I waited too, like, like, I waited so long before I started the Patreon and I shouldn't have. 
All right. There are people out there that want to support you. All right. Like pure, genuine people that want to support you no matter what you do. Right. There are some really weird patrons on Patreon or not, not, not patrons. There's, there's really weird creators on Patreon that people support. And like, if go, go look for yourself. There's really weird things. Wait till after this episode though. But excuse me, (coughs) had a cough and I'm not editing that out because I'm not editing this episode. And I just said editing wrong. Doesn't matter. So I would highly encourage anyone to do Patreon just because it's, it's just money that people are giving you from the bottom of their hearts and, you know, start low. I, I, there's some people that start at like $10 or $15, $20. And I'm just like, dude, start at $1 a month. All right. That's, you know, the higher that you get someone on your Patreon, the more of a risk they're going to leave. Right. So if someone is down at $1 a month, they're very low risk. Okay. Get a bunch of $1 ones. All right. Even if you're making $10 a month from your Patreon, you're making money from your Patreon. And so that you can just keep growing that. Right. So anyways, the next thing, which is tied to Patreon that I'm really, really happy about that, um, that I incorporated this last year is opening the interviews to the patrons. I don't know why I didn't think about this sooner. It was actually, uh, something on actually, I'm going to keep it on the Patreon, but it was exclusive. So the interview was exclusive to me multiplier, uh, or, or whoever was the guest that I had that day. Right. So if you wanted to be a part of it, you had to pay $150, which is a thing on the Patreon, to come on the show, which is still a thing. You know, you'll, you'll be a full like participant in that. But what I wanted to do is I wanted to open up to the people that have already supported me. I wanted to open up the interviews to the patrons, right? And so what I did was I created a Discord channel or a server, I forget what, how that works out. But basically, anyone who signs up for Patreon gets access to the Discord server. And if you have, and if you have access to the Discord server, you know when I'm going to do interviews, and you get to join the interviews as they happen. One of the biggest ones that we had just recently, because I just barely started doing this, was with Kara. I, I can't remember how many people we had show up, and all of them were able to meet them, if they could, because some of them couldn't actually turn on their cameras or can get their microphones working, but the, but the, but the choice was there. If they, if they could, they could, it was absolutely amazing. And so opening that up to the patrons for them to get to meet, to kind of, you know, me be that kind of the middleman letting, you know, one person on the side of the fence, meet the other person on the side of the fence and kind of help foster that relationship. It was amazing. It has been absolutely amazing. And it's not something that is going to go away. All right. I'm doing this for both in the DAW and behind the DAW. So yeah, yeah. It was a great move. It was a fantastic move, right? So the next thing on the list is, uh, the next thing that I did right was I created a release plan, a very detailed release plan. I remember when I first started getting into music, um, Steven from Cymatics, he did a bunch of videos for Cymatics when they, like before they launched a pack, right, to push the pack. But one of the things that he talked about was creating a release plan, a very detailed release plan. You have to write it out. Well, not, you can physically write it or type it out or whatever. Right? I use Trello. Trello is amazing. But you make a very detailed release plan. Uh, before the release, I will do X, Y, Z. Uh, five minutes before the release, I will do X, Y, Z, if that applies. You know, you don't have to get that crazy, but it worked for me. Um, uh, you know, you keep on, you keep going. Uh, you're going to post here, here, here. You're going to do this, this tactic, so on and so forth, right? And then afterwards, after re- the release, you look at what worked, you, worked at w- you look at what didn't, right? 
and you move forward. You, you, you change the release plan, right? No release plan should ever be the same. It should be continually evolving unless it's just freaking solid and the results are incredible and you don't know how to change it and you don't know what you could do better because everything's going great. Then, I mean, I guess you'd be okay then, but so on and so forth, right? But I created a release plan and that helped so much. Uh, if you want to know what my release plan is, I would be happy to share that with you. Go ahead and just email me at wyattinthedaw.net and I will just, or I guess, at behind the dot. I have two emails. Why? That's that's going to go on the things I shouldn't have done. I created two emails. Anyways, it doesn't matter. So, um, nonetheless, what was I talking about? Oh, yeah, release plans. So, yeah, the release plans were just, like, it was incredible. So, I'd highly encourage you to do that. When you are releasing a song or an EP or whatever, right, whenever you're releasing anything, you say, okay, what am I doing X amount of time before? What do I need to do before? What am I going to do the day of? What am I going to do a week after? So on and so forth. It just helps you clear your mind. You know, you you are prepared. You you dug you dug the well. You digged the well. You dug, I think it's, I think you dug the well. You dug the well before you got thirsty, right? You you made sure you had plan. You had plan A, plan B, so on and so forth. Because there's too many times when we're in the heat of the moment and we're like, ah, I'm just you, you know, you're so flustered, you're too excited, whatever, and you're like, ah, what am I? And so it's bad. It's bad news. So go ahead, make a release plan, a detailed release plan. Another thing that um, that I did this year that was really, really good was I started creating courses. I know this has been something that a lot of you have wanted me to do lately. And the, uh, the course that I really am most excited about is the AU5 course. It would have come out this year. It, it should have come out this year. The problem with it is, is that uh, me and Austin filmed all of it right before uh, he went on tour. And so with editing and getting, you know, like, uh, confirmation from him and so on and so forth it was extremely hard because he went on tour it's not his fault he's on tour tour is crazy and so you know he just barely got back and so now we're working on everything to release it in 2019 but still the courses i think are going to be absolutely fantastic because they're not going to cost a lot they're not going to cost they're going to be very very affordable extremely affordable like you know when someone asks you for christmas or your birthday they ask you what you want and you're like, nah, man, you, you, you can't afford what I want because, you know, I'm a music producer and there's too many things <laughs> that you can't afford. But this is this is definitely going to be something just to put on your list. Like when it rolls around to that, like this is really, really affordable. Nonetheless, talking it up. But creating courses, creating courses and sharing the knowledge about what I know is just like, or not not only what I know, but what other people know and just utilizing my, my social media skills to be able to promote it has just been, that was such a good deal. That was such a good deal. So don't, don't worry stay tuned for 2019. You can see exactly what I'm talking about. So those are the things. Oh, one more thing. I briefly mentioned it uh, when I was talking about the Patreon. Um, but the the last thing that I think I really, really did well this year was I created a Discord community. Discord is absolutely incredible. Uh, you're you're going to find out uh, the Discord was also one of the things I did wrong this year. But the Discord was really, really great. I was able to meet a lot of our diehard fans, which I'm really grateful for. I love you guys. You guys are absolutely amazing. But, uh, which, you know what, let's just move right into it. Let's just move right into the things I did wrong. And the number one thing when I was creating this list of things that I did wrong this last year, the first thing that came to my mind was the Discord community. I did not keep up on it. And that was my fault. I got distracted. I got, you know, I, I had other things that I had to do, other things that I wanted to do, and other things I didn't have to do or wanted to do. It just did. And it just got in the way. And that was the problem with the Discord, which, by the way, guys, I am fixing 
this this year. All right. This this coming year, I'm I'm working on a lot of strategies to make sure the Discord is awesome so that uh what's called you can get the best information, the newest information, the latest information about what's going on in the music industry, both on a, a business standpoint and both on like, you know, like a plugin, a technology, a songwriting standpoint. I'm gonna make sure that the Discord is really utilized with that. I'm gonna be doing all the live streams through the Discord. I'm gonna be, you know, uh, I'm gonna do do some contests. There's gonna be a lot of things that I'm gonna be doing through the Discord that I should have been doing and I should have kept on on it there was days at a time that i didn't check out the discord and which is like crazy because these people are paying me money through the patreon to have access to this thing and i'm just like yeah that that was my fault i dropped the ball on that one but i swear to you i'm so i swear to future patrons i swear to all of you that's not going to happen this year that's going to be completely 100 percent different so <clears throat> that is the first thing i did wrong this year the next thing i did wrong was not having an exact day of the week that the episode came out for both in the DAW and behind the DAW. It most of the time it was uh, most of the time it was like Wednesday or Friday, but just you know me saying that just it, it proves the point, right? I didn't have an exact day, which is really really bad because again, it's putting people's you know or it's making people use brain calories to remember your brand. It's 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 inhibiting them to to remember your your brand and you know. I mean, you, you all know like the, the painful thing of like once you get done with a series, whether it was on Netflix or whether it was a weekly thing or whatever, and you don't know when the next episode is going to come out, right? You don't know if it's going to be a month or a year or whatever. It is the most frustrating thing in the world. People never should be able to have that that thought. And so what I want to do this next year is um, I'm actually going to be putting out two episodes every single week. So I'm going to really be incorporating that uh, relentlessly being in front of people thing that we were talking about, but I'm going to have it on the exact same day every single week, no matter what, if I have to stay up all night, if I have to, you know, not finish an assignment, whatever, it's going to come out on that day irregardless, unless there's like an absolute tragedy, right? Unless it was just like my entire life came crashing down. And even then, uh, hopefully I have enough backlog that, that you know like that, that that could still keep going for a while but i think that needs the way that you incorporate that into your personal brand is this anytime you put out a song and it comes to the end of you putting out that song you let people know when the next song is coming out right you you announce it you let people know when the next song is coming out you just you know you, you don't give you don't you don't allow room for interpretation you're like no i'm going to tell you exactly when this is coming out uh where it's coming out what it's about, so on and so forth, so that people know. People know what to expect and then follow up with them, okay? Well, not necessarily follow up with them, but follow up with what you're saying, right? Follow through. That's that's probably the better term. Anyway, so the next thing on the list um, that I didn't do right was that I didn't try to create a list. And so what I mean by that is um, when it comes to internet marketing, when it comes to uh, promotion for a song or whatever, right? It is so important to have a list. What is a list? A list is a list of people that you reach out to um, that are that are fans, that are, that are listeners, that are that are supporters, whatever you want to say, right? Traditionally, this has been created through uh, through um, uh, email, and so you get people's email and you notify them whenever you put out a song or whatever, right? I didn't utilize that until like six months into the year, and I'm like, wait, I should be doing this. Like, why am I? What? Why am I not doing this? And so. 
that's when we started giving out like free sample packs and so on and so forth in exchange for an email, so on and so forth. And that, that has been so beautiful because I own that list now, right? If Facebook or YouTube or Instagram or whatever come crashing down tomorrow, it doesn't matter. Email is always going to exist in one fashion or another. And I have that. And so I would highly encourage you to create a list and to grow that list so that whenever you put something out, you can notify those people that actually care about you. So that was my biggest thing. <clears throat> with not growing a list is that I should have on 110%. The next thing that I didn't do right this year was I wasted a ton of time and money on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram ads, which is so sad. I'm like, I'm a social media marketer. I should have known this from the get go, but I guess I, I just got too excited and I was like, yeah, I know these tools and they could really, really help out. And it's not to say that like the, the ads didn't yield great results. They did. They yielded fantastic results. But the thing was, was this, the first rule of social media marketing is this, is that you need to have a goal behind it. You have to, whatever you're doing, whether you're growing uh, subscribers or followers or, or likes on a page or whatever you're doing, right? It needs to have a purpose, a goal behind it. If it doesn't have that, it's useless. It's vanity, right? Just because you have, you know, like what, what or why would you get 100,000 likes on Facebook if you weren't planning to do something with it? It's just vanity. It's just ego. It's just bragging rights, right? And so I didn't have that clearly set out before I started utilizing Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram ads, which is really, really, really unfortunate because that's the first freaking rule. And so I spent a lot of money. I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm getting these views. I'm getting these followers, so on and so forth. You know, I'm doing the right things, but I didn't know what I wanted them to do. And so they dropped like a hot potato and I never heard from those followers or those fans ever again. And it was really unfortunate. It was really, really unfortunate. But I'll tell you what, in 2019, I do have a goal. I know exactly what I'm going to do. So I'm going to be able to crush it with those ads. So <clears throat> always have a goal, domination, always. So the next thing on the list is that I didn't utilize Instagram sooner, all right? Instagram is absolutely amazing. Facebook may have 2 billion monthly active users, but organic reach is absolutely terrible. Like I mentioned in the Henry Fong uh, social media marketing consultation. And so Instagram does. The organic reach on Instagram is insane. And the stories on there. It's just, it's just incredible. Like everyone's over there. Everyone's participating. It's, oh my gosh, it's a, it's a social media marketer's dream. And so I didn't hop on that forever. In fact, the, the strategy that I had on there, which I don't encourage anyone to do. I did the strategy where it's like, you know how on your, on your Instagram, like when you have uh, pictures, you can, you can kind of take a picture and you can make it really big and then cut it into a couple different pieces and have it spread across your uh your your feed so to say right your your page on instagram so like mine would be three tiles and it would just be one picture and that was not only a pain to do and it took a lot of time to do i mean obviously i created a template and finally like got into a groove and everything but it did it, there was a lot of time that i didn't have to be spending on that so not only did it waste a lot of time but it kills your reach and it kills your consistency because you can't do that every day. I was doing it for every episode. So I was only doing it for every week, right? I was only putting out something every single week. On Instagram, you should be putting out something once a day, right? You need to be putting out content relentlessly. Again, doing the relentless thing. And so that was such a bad idea. And I ended up deleting like 
35, 33, something like that episodes worth of content on Instagram. I mean, 33 times three, I mean, you know what I mean? That was almost a hundred thing, a hundred posts that I had on there. And I deleted all of them because it was killing my reach because, you know, I'd put something out one after another, like within a couple seconds, you know, like I put out three posts within the course of like two minutes and that's terrible for your reach. That's terrible for your edge ranking, right? It's much better to put out something once every couple hours or once a day, right? <clears throat> and so it was just a bad idea all around, right? I, I didn't hop on the Instagram train soon enough and I the strategies that I was using on Instagram was not good. So going into the new year, think about that donation. Utilize Instagram. It's it is the biggest. It is the most. I don't know if it's biggest, but it's the fastest growing and it's the most popular social media uh, application out there, bar none. So I'd highly encourage you to use it. So the next thing on my list that I didn't do right this last year was I worked way too hard. Do not work hard. Working hard is absolutely stupid. What you need to do is work smart right? Working hard. That's just like the brutish, the, the Neanderthal, the, the, the savage way of doing things, right? It's like, instead of, instead of fixing the hole in the wall, you get mad at it and you just make the hole bigger. And so what I didn't realize was that I wanted to do everything myself. I worked way too hard. I didn't contract out. I didn't ask people for help. I wanted to do everything myself. And it's a problem that I have and that I still have, but donation, it's okay to bring people on. It's okay to ask people for help and it's okay to step back, take a second to step back and look how the the stars align. Look at how you can connect the dots. You're like, if I do this, is it going to make the next thing that I need to do easier or is it not going to affect it at all? If I do this, then this will cancel out that other thing that I have to do, right? I was working way too hard. I was working way too hard. I was just like, I don't know. I don't know what to do. So I'm just going to go and do, I'm just going to go and do, I'm just going to work hard and do it. And I was putting in like 12 hour days, right? I would, I would work eight hours, go hang out with my family for a couple hours, wait till they fell asleep. Then I'd stay up late working another couple hours. Right. And so it, but you don't need to do that. Work smart, figure out how to do more with less. If you can figure out how to do more with less, that it just makes sense. All right. So donation work smarter not harder. Okay. And then the last thing that I am probably the most ashamed about on the things that I did wrong, this list, the thing that eats me, the thing that I think about every single day and that I think about how to fix is that I didn't spend barely any time on my own music this last year, which is terrible. Like I literally got into music to create my own music but I barely spent any time at all. I created the song that's in the intro and the one that's going to be playing in the outro, but that's basically it that I did the entire year just because I was working so freaking hard on In The Daw and Behind The Daw, and I didn't leave me time to work on my own music. That's terrible. And uh, Wubix was the one that really, really like, I don't know how to say it, like made me realize the error of my ways because he was saying that he spent so much time on YouTube and not enough time on his own music. And I was like, oh my gosh, why? Like, ah, uh, so, you know, that has been eating me a lot. And that is something that I'm going to be going into the new year to absolutely resolve. So something to think about for you is that there are things in your life, unless you're super lucky and just right off the bat, you can make a killer living inside the music industry 
you know, most of us are going to have to get a job or go to school or do, do take care of our family or something, right? The concept that I want you to think about is this, is with those things that have to get done before you can work on music, that's okay. Those things are fine. You have to have those type of things in your life. But it's important that small, consistent acts will always trump large, inconsistent acts, okay? So for example, if you uh, do music for an hour a day, six days a week, right? That's six hours, right? You will get more out of it. You will become better way faster than taking a Saturday and just producing for six hours, right? You're consistently uh, doing it day by day by day. And that's what I should have done. Like I had an hour a day. I did, but I filled it with unnecessary work. I filled it with unnecessary activities, right? I should have spent that hour making music. I would have been happier. My music would have benefited from it, but I didn't do it. But going into this new year, you can bet that I'm going to do that. So those are the things I did right. Those are the things that I did wrong. So Don Nation, I really hope you can take that and really apply it to yourself going into this new year. Uh, I got some final statistics for you before we uh, before we get going. So I would highly encourage you, if you haven't listened to these interviews in which I'm about to suggest, uh, or that I'm about to bring up, I highly, I would highly suggest for you to go check them out. So these are the best performing ads going from bottom to top. So the 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 first one I'm going to mention was the 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 least best performing, right? And then the top is going to be the top. So the the number coming in at number five is um. Yeah, the interview that I did with Um, that was a really, really good interview. So you guys should really, really check that out. One of the biggest things that they talked about that I walked away with was that the internet connects everyone everywhere. They talked about how they left LA because they absolutely hated LA. They moved to Portland and they're still thriving. They're still doing absolutely amazing in the music industry. And so that, that was a really, really good conversation. So go ahead and check that out. Coming in number four for the last year was the interview that I did with Seamless. Seamless is a super weird dude, but he's great. Like he's a great dude. Don't get me wrong, but he's weird. I'm, I'm, I'm weird too. So it, we, we got along great. But the biggest thing that I walked away with Seamless was that he told me how much the top of the music industry sucks. Well, at least that he thinks so. The top of the industry sucks because at that point, it's not necessarily about artistry or pushing the limits or anything like that. It's more so about money or business or what on so on and so forth. You'll have to go check out the episode to really figure out what we're talking about. And so there's kind of this middle ground that you want to find yourself in where you can just be you and be successful being you, right? And be comfortable with where you're at. So go, go ahead and check that out. I don't, I don't want to I don't want to paraphrase too much because there was a lot of beautiful things that came out of that interview. The coming in at number three for this last year was the interview that I did with Laura Brem. Oh my gosh, that was one of my favorite interviews, right? She is such a good singer. Oh my gosh. But um she the one of the biggest things that she talked about that really resonated with me, man, was that she said that singers need to be treated as equals right? She talked about how she was mistreated as a singer. She wasn't treated as an equal when, you know, when in the creation of the song. It's really, really good. It's, it, you know, and I related it to, a, uh, like when she's talking about the singer and the, and the, and the producer, I related it to a marriage. It was really, really good. So I'd highly encourage you to go check that out. Coming in at number four, which to be honest, or not number four, I guess number two, coming in at number two, which to be honest, I was completely surprised it wasn't number one was the interview that I did with the Trap Nation founder, who is Andre Benz. All right. <clears throat> I thought it was going to be number one because, I mean, the dude has like, 
you know, everything he touches turns to gold. So I assume that would be the best one, but not the case. No, it's still really, really good, but it wasn't number one. But um, in that episode, he talks about how artists need to take advantage of the big opportunities that come to them. Like really, 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 really take advantage of what happened to them or, or, or the opportunities that come to them. He talked about how so many people get on Trap Nation, but then never utilize that what ha- like what happened on Trap Nation to keep them growing and progressing, right? He talked about these people, they're, you know, they put out the, the song on Trap Nation, the people are getting hundreds of thousands of views, all of a sudden they're getting all this traffic, but they don't utilize it. They don't go in and talk to the people that are really interested with the song and, and like the comments of YouTube, so on and so forth, right? They're not fully utilizing what's going on. And it's tragedy. It sucks. So go ahead, check out that episode. And then coming in at number one for this entire year, I mean, this was a really, 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 really great episode was with Fox Stevenson. He was number one by by far. By far, it was the most popular episode. And there's actually, you know, I'm not even going to say what my favorite thing was with that episode, just because it was such a good episode. There's It was just dripping with content. So please go check that out. And then coming in it was my, as my personal favorite inter- interview, it wasn't one of the uh, best performing interviews, but it was my personal favorite one was the interview that I did with Clockwise and Vorso. Dude, that interview was hilarious. Oh, I still listen to it sometimes just to, just to laugh. Like it was so good. So go ahead and check out that uh, interview as well. So now finally coming to the end of this podcast of the of the 2018 year in review what are the plans for 2019 a bunch of the things that are, are things that i already mentioned to you but there i just want to say it out loud to commit to you and commit to myself that 2019 is the year that i'm going to be doing these things uh, first off we are going to be releasing the au5 course the au5 ableton live sound design course 110% we're going to release that extremely soon in the beginning of the year okay within the first quarter for sure. It needs to get out. You deserve to have it. And so we're going to put that out. So please stay tuned for that. That thing is just dripping with knowledge. Um, the next thing going into the year is a number, another course. It's an idea that I had um, that I think is really going to benefit people, especially the beginners, the people that are just getting to the music production or for people that are you know well-versed in music production, but they don't know how to use Ableton Live. What I'm going to do is I'm actually going to take the Ableton Live manual, like the full manual, like the Ableton Bible, basically. And I'm going to create an entire course out of that. I'm going to make it engaging. I'm going to make it fun. I'm going to make it funny. I'm going to make it really easy to partake of. I'm going to cut out all the crap that's in the manual that no one knows or that really no one cares about, right? But it's basically going to have all that information in like the best humorous, uh, what's called, um, easy to partake of way, like the engaging way. It's just like, oh my gosh, like this is great. You know, you're going to be entertained. You're going to be, you're going to learn. It's going to be fantastic. So please, if you're just beginning, that course is going to really, really help out. Or if you're switching from one dot to Ableton, this is going to be really, really great as well. So uh, stay tuned for that. Um, the next thing uh, going into 2019 is that I am going to be putting out at least two episodes a week. All right. I'm going to, um, unfortunately right now in the DAW, so the 0.5 episodes, I don't think are going to be every single week. They're still going to have to be every two weeks. That's, that's a call t- from Adam, right? So th- that's just, you know, with his releasing schedule and with us releasing stuff on his YouTube channel, that's just, that's just uh, what it is. You know what I mean? That's, I got to work with that. So, but with behind the DAW, anything to do with the podcast? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I can put out 
uh, an interview every single week. And then uh, what I, well, what I'm planning to do is, you know, one week I'm going to, I'm going to be putting out uh, what's called, I'm going to be putting out an episode of behind the DAW and the 0.5 episode. So in the DAW episode, but for the episodes that we don't put out a point episode, 0.5 episode, I'm going to be putting out an episode of behind the DAW and a consultation and maybe even more, maybe, you know, maybe I'll be putting out even more, you know, I, I'm more than happy to do that. It's just how much can you guys take? So uh, let me know and let me know if you can take more than two episodes a week. I'm more than happy to crank out more content if that's what I need to do. Uh, so the next thing that I'm going to be uh, doing is I'm going to be taking 100% of all the behind the dot episodes and I'm going to be putting it on YouTube. I'm going to put my money where my mouth is. I'm going to get everything over. There. I don't know why I haven't done it before. I guess it's just work and rendering video and stuff like that excuse me, I'm going to be putting everything on YouTube so I can u- really utilize that second biggest and first biggest really social or, or, or um, uh, what is it? Internet search engine. Is that the term? Anyways, sir. Yeah. Search engine. Anyways. So that's what I'm going to be doing. Uh, you know, at the beginning of the year, I'm just going to work really, really hard to do that. And then finally, the thing that I'm going to be doing going into 2019 is really work on my music. I'm, I'm going to set a consistent, once I get a feel of how often I can release a song, I'm going to stick to that, whether that's once a month or twice a month or whatever. I would highly encourage anyone who wants to just do music, I would highly encourage you to do it at least once a month. But because of everything I have going on within the DAW and behind the DAW, and because that's not my, not the only thing I got going on, I think that, you know, if I can do it like twice or, or, or twice, what, sorry, once every two months, that's going to be really, really beneficial for me. So just to do that, just to keep up on my skill and my desire to create and that kind of a thing, I think it's going to be really, really great. So Donation, you just spent an hour with me talking about what I did right, what I did wrong this last year to grow in the DAW and behind the DAW. I hope that you can take these facts and put them into your own brand, into, into what you got going on so that you can kill it in 2019. All right, just... Just, just slay it, man. Just slay it. But um, if you enjoyed this episode, again, please like, comment, subscribe, repost, follow, you know, whatever is appropriate on the particular platform that you're listening on, like iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Deezer, SoundCloud, so on and so forth. So um, Donation, stay tuned for what's coming up next. Uh, we got uh, an episode with Kara coming up next. So it's going to be episode 42 of Behind the Dot. That's going to be coming out next week. So make sure to check out that. Um, who who do I have coming on in 2019? Who do we got planned? <laughs> Whew. I've been holding on to this for a while. So uh, David Guetta. <laughs> That's going to be happening. Um, I don't know when but I got the confirmation for it. So that's going to be happening. Uh, Christina Soto is one of them. Um, man, I really wish I had my list. I had, like, I have an entire list of people that are going to come on. Um, Slushy? I can't remember if that was for In the Dark or Behind the Dog. I got a concert. Um, uh, El- Elenium. That's another big one. Uh, that's been really, really hard because they said they want to come on, but I haven't really heard from them since. Um, so Elenium. I'm going to try and get Seven Lions on. I know Apache is coming on uh, In the Dog. Um, I got a hold of Skrillex's publicist and he said he was too busy at the time, but that it could happen in the future. So that might happen. I'm not putting too many eggs in that basket, but those are some of the people that are going to be coming on, uh, as well as so many others, especially if I'm going to be putting out an episode once a week, or maybe even twice a week. I don't know. We're going to see how that goes, you know, relentlessly keeping myself in front of you, Donation. So 
Uh, thank you so much for listening to this. Guys, really, truly, this has been a fantastic year. It's been a pleasure getting to know so many of you, especially the patrons in the Discord. I'm going to get back into that. Um, but Donation, thank you so much for 2018. I'll talk to you soon.